Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of Taishara Manethrin, A Wheel of Time podcast. I am Will. I'm Sam. Today, we are continuing once more in A Path of Daggers. And thanks for sticking with us, guys. I know, I I hope we're making this entertaining. Sam today is going to be uh, continuing with our walkthrough, and I'll be throwing in my thoughts as well. And I believe we are on Chapter 10. Is that right, Sam? Chapter 10, Changes. Perrin continues his long walk around the camp. (laughs) We're slogging hard, folks. Wheel of Time at its most sloggiest is still better than the trash trade paperback I'm reading at the moment. I would (laughs) drop that sucker in a minute if I hadn't given nine bucks for it. Yes, that's insane. Yes, life is too short to read stuff you don't like. That'll teach me to buy trash in the future, though. Also, to trust strangers on Reddit to recommend a first-time author I've never heard of. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that is such a risk. There are so many mediocre, not just bad, because sometimes bad is interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If it's real bad. Yeah, but just mediocre, you know, fantasy That's what I'm reading right now, and it's like, blech. But I just, it's like at some point, you know, you get three quarters of the way in. It's like, if I drop this, I'm just going to feel bad about it, especially if I've given money for it. If it's just a library book, yeah, sure. But sure, yeah. If I've given money. I So, all that to say, I'd rather read about Perrin walking around his camp for 100 years than what read one more page of trophy <laughs> garbage. <laughs> Perrin walks out of the wise one's tent and sees Masuri, who shot him a look of such frozen malevolence that he sighed. I played yeah. bass for frozen malevolence. <laughs> right? Yeah, I figured they're out of Sweden. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, then he notices two figures walking up the hill, Gaul and Elias. Hey, he's back. We haven't seen him since Eye of the World, which for us, ironically, was a few weeks ago. Right. Since we went back to talk about that book again without me clinking a cocktail glass full of ice next to the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Gaul tells Perrin that Elias sneaked up on him and coughed, to which (laughs) all the maidens nearby give the ideal equivalent of a round of applause. Uh, Elias asks Perrin if he's given up the axe or if he still hates it. Yep, still hates it. Elias says, some mutual friends in... Gildon said Perrin was traveling with this parade. Here you've been running with the Dragon Reborn. Told him they smell a change coming. Um, <laughs> at this this point, I'm as unsure about this as Perrin is. Maybe they mean what the ladies did with the bowl. That or I've forgotten something that's going to happen soon. Definitely. I don't know. Maybe, don't maybe know. there's just some like diapers <laughs> that needed. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like gotta take care of that, man. I'm surprised you didn't go there, Sam. With you know, you're you're the one who's. Uh, I, I, I just I went there just a few minutes before we started this podcast. Yeah, you could probably smell the change I coming. Not long ago. That, that that's how he extends bedtime. So <laughs> that's been happening to me. Uh, Gaul says all things change until we wake. The dreams drift on the wind. Okay, but then he reads the room and says, "I'll give you all some time to catch up." has a little rip or tea with Sulin about Bane and Shiad, and then clasps arms with Elias and says, my honor is yours, and sets off. After he leaves, Elias says that when he coughed, he thought Gaul would try to kill him, but instead he laughed. Let's go somewhere else. I don't know the sister who's trying to murder that rug, but I don't like taking chances with Elias and I. <laughs> so Perrin says, all right. Um, they set off for Perrin's part of the camp, and Perrin asks why Elias doesn't want to talk to Aes but apparently they don't take kindly to warders who run off, especially given the fact that Elias had to kill a few other warders to get away. So because some sisters thought that the ability to talk to wolves was a dark friend thing. Right. Elias does a thing we've been screaming at Perrin about since he met Fael. 
He explains right. how Saldean women work. He says, you got to treat them like leopards, yell at them when they're mad, that kind of thing. That's the reason Perrin's been having so much trouble understanding Fael. He's been trying to withhold his anger from her and it has hurt her feelings. <laughs> Perrin doesn't actually believe it, which I'm no. like, dude. He did. He's like skeptical. Like, you should know that this is true. This You should know this in your heart. Yeah, I feel like at this point, it like, I don't know if, if I mean, maybe if it were me in parents shoes, it would be like the, you know, drop the coffee cup at the end of the usual suspects. The <laughs> right. no clue gets it moment in Scott yeah. Pilgrim, right, like right. <laughs> just like, oh, my gosh, it makes so much sense that right. it's not in the box. It's the band from Antitrust, which is a really deep cut and not a bad movie if uh, if you don't. You yeah, know, yeah, some yeah, really yeah. dated technology it says references. in the box i was just thinking of seven that's totally oh different. yeah yeah <laughs> it's in the box. You, did you did you see antitrust you remember I that movie i think so ryan philippi maybe not maybe I'd... it's it's a good movie it's it was like really dated now because of all the technology but yeah oh, there's yeah. a there's a plot twist moment in there where a character says it's not in the box it's in the band and then you know it's it does a push-pull shot and it's like uh-huh. uh, oh dang and um the lights yeah. come on Right. But I'm saying it's it, it like if it, if I were parent, it would be like, oh, my goodness, that right, makes right. so much sense. And now that you said like, it, he's like, I don't know about that. I'm going to think right. about that a little yeah. bit. <laughs> like, no, dude, come on. Come on man. Jeez, you're being and too I guess, slow. I guess the thing is, and, and and it does say this again in the narrative that Aaron has just been so ingrained in him as a right big muscular guy to not hurt other people like right, to be right. quiet and patient and to everything and so i guess that's where it's coming from but but it, it is frustrating as all get out um elias says i'll stay and help you if you want so parent says i can always use another friend and as we will see in the next few books that's there's a reason <laughs> that elias has been brought back into the narrative by Jordan, and we will get to that. A blue finch's call alerts Perrin to visitors incoming. It's Berlaine and Anora with Galen and a woman in a hooded cloak. Elias says Galen can be trouble. Perrin says, "Say what now? How do you know him?" Elias says Galen only knows how to attack. Berlaine has the brain brains between them. In the tent, Berlaine announces the visitor. Aliandra, Queen of Gildon, has come to their camp in person. She tells Perrin that Rand has taken the Laurel Crown and Ilian and the Shan Chan have taken Ibudar. Perrin thinks that he needs to let Rand know about the Shan Chan, but asks Aliandra for her decision. Will she swear allegiance to Rand? He talks some more, and then she swears fealty directly to Perrin. And his jaw hits the floor along with his wine cup. He says, why? <laughs> You've heard I'm Tavirin, I'm sure. Might want to rethink this in an hour or two. She says, Gildan needs protection. She looks and smells afraid. Perrin responds as Fael coaches him under her breath, under the light. I, Perrin, I, Abara, do accept your pledge, yada, yada. Aleandra kisses his hands and he raises her to his feet. Perrin doesn't know what to say, says, now we're, we're done here. I got to go find the prophet. Aleandra says he was last seen in Abila, 40 leagues south of here. Perrin frowns for a second because Balwar had told him that earlier. Fael says, you must have important matters to see to and choose him out in orderly fashion. Galen follows Perrin out of the tent, but before they can exchange many words, they hear the sound of arguing from the Mayenner tent. Switch to Fael's perspective, who watches Perrin and Galen walk away, signals Cha Fael to surround the tent. Berylaine says, you have peculiar servants. One is a wilder, according to Anora. Fael thinks she would want to be the woman's friend if not for Perrin. And she asks Anura to put a word up against listening. 
Alejandra says, your husband has a shrewd mind and is good at the game of houses. Fayel thinks only if you knew he was being just being honest and straightforward. Instead, she says he spent time in Kyrian. Clever, <laughs> clever girl. Uh, I do love this about how it's it's the fact that Perrin means exactly what he says. <laughs> right. He always just tells he says what's on his mind. He doesn't he's right. not trying to dissemble or anything. But that's like that makes him a formidable foe to someone who is looking for meaning in everything. It confuses them even further. Right. Because it's like, well, you can't possibly just mean what you're saying. Mean what you're saying. No one does that. Right. Exactly. So Fayo asks if Alejandra's oath is enough to tie her to Perrin. Alejandra says, yes, but I hoped for more. When y'all leave him at the prophet's mercy, Fayo says, maybe you should come with us. Bring some soldiers. Aleandra says, why on earth would I do that? The children of the light might come north or King Ioran. Fayel says, the wife of your liege lord has asked it of you. Aleandra says, well, okay then. So next, Fayel asks Aleandra to write to the Gildanan, sure, sure, nobles, and tell them that a man in the south has raised the banner of Menetherin. But that will get back to the prophet. Well, that's why you say you've gathered some soldiers to deal with the man personally, so the prophet need not concern himself. Anura murmurs, very good, and Berylaine laughs in delight. Aleandra says, both Lord Perrin and his wife are very formidable. Mm -hmm. So Perrin and Galen push through the Mayaners to find seven men bound and ropes inside around their necks. One of the soldiers reports, these guys were burning a farm with the farm folk inside. A woman tried to get out of the window, and one of these fellows bashed her head in. So we caught them, but the rest got away, these seven. One of the seven says people are tempted to slide back into the shadow and need to be reminded of the cost. A tall man says, your army does not impress me. The, the prophet has destroyed bigger ones. Parent says, hang them, and then makes himself watch. Aram says... Well, if those people were serving the shadow, will the Lord Dragon approve of you hanging these folks? Parent stares at him, aghast. You heard what they did. Rand would put a rope around their necks himself. Then lightning crashes. That, thun by sure. the way, yeah, that, that's that's an important Aram character it is. moment. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like this is revealing the true Aram a little bit, right? And um, we're going to get more and more of this moving are. forward. Where, mm -hmm. and I mean, I guess I don't know. It, there is something there about people who just get so distracted with what they think is the you know, their idea of morality that everything like, you know, the ends justifies the means. And so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, maybe it was bad of them to do it, but do we really need to hang them? I mean, they were, you know, trying to stop people from being dark friends or whatever right, right, right. and and not even seeing how completely absurd it all is because you know, he's starting to kind of show that that obsession. Yeah, him, right. Himself. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to this, this search for black and white that doesn't. Right. Uh, his, the wrong black and white even. <laughs> right. Exactly. Lightning crashes, thunder rumbles, and it starts to rain. Then it's gone, headed east. Aram says, this means the weather is changing, right? It's going to be all right again. Parent says, war. War never changes. I was just kidding. He says everything changes. <laughs> uh, chapter 11, questions and an oath. 
Um, you know who I really want to check in with right now? Who do you want to check in with right now? Savannah. Oh, I was wondering what Savannah yeah, was no, doing. We really need to know what she's up to right now. Oh, yeah. Let's You're, find out. Yeah, it ranks up there with checking in on how Morgaze is feeling about being Fael's maid and how Talonvor won't stop scare staring at her with his sulky, sexy face. Slug. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, the wise woman's wise woman's the wise woman's yeah, yeah. sure the shido shido man what's wrong with me? shido wise ones have accidentally killed the shan chan that they were questioning should have let the maidens do it savannah says if we'd let that happen he would have scared them so the shido are scattered and far fewer thanks to samael's handiwork Still, Savannah has all the channelers with her, channelers with her, so a force to be reckoned with, and still very interested in capturing Wooing Rand. One of the Miradin, the brotherless, asks the wise ones for judgment. Savannah steps outside, feigned surprise, says that it wouldn't be fair for her to render judgment since her own sept is involved. Back in the trees by herself, she feels for the object hidden in her skirt at the base of her back. She thinks one day it would give her Rand Althor. Sure, and we don't know what that thing is right now. Yeah, I don't. I am, um, and 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 we don't care. I mean, right, I just right. I, we just I, don't I, care about any of this. I really, I, I mean, even on my first read through, I could, I was just like, I don't really. We've this already, chapter is the definition of why the slog sucks. It's part of the thing, like with the Shido at this point, and and moving forward is we've kind of defeated them. Right. Like, There's not a lot of threat here anymore. Like twice already. Yeah, for real. Like pretty thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so it, it does feel kind of like, but why though? Like, right. Why do we care? What What's the stakes here? And I guess it's supposed to be whatever doodad that Savannah has in her back, but around her lower back, but whatever. Switch to Galena. Another perspective we were oh so curious to catch up with. <laughs> She's not having a nice time being dot saying uh, whatever. They hang, they hang her over hot coals in a leather sack because she slapped Belinda. The wise ones dump her out, not on the coals. Uh, Savannah says, you can stop being dot saying if you swear fealty to me. And Sav- Galena says, yeah, of course. But then Savannah hands her an oath rod. Maybe not the oath rod, but it sure looks like it. Tharava says she must swear to all of us here, not just you, Savannah. Savannah says, fine, but me first. Galena <laughs> swears and feels the oath settle on her and screams. Tharava says, be quiet. I don't want to hear you wailing. And Galena's teeth click shut. So Tharava asks if she has planned violence against any of the wise ones, the penalty to which is to be killed like an animal. Galena says, yes, I did it against all of you. Please punish me. Well, all right. That worked beautifully. <laughs> Tharava says, you will wear white and behave meekly. Do what even a child tells you unless we say otherwise and no channeling. Savannah says, give me that. Tharava says, we've made a decision. Just as a clan chief must have a wise one to advise him, so must you, and it's me. Savannah says, oh, really? And what advice do you offer? Tharava says, we move without delay. Get away from the Shan Chan and into the mountains of mist. Savannah says, nope, we move east tomorrow. Tharava says, okay, but remember that clan chiefs have lived to regret having a wise... Ugh. 
regret rejecting a wise one's advice too often. But just then, the same storm rumbles by over their heads as it did Perrin, and it starts to snow. Ooh. Snow instead of rain, so. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, like, in the in the chapter summaries on Tarvalon.net, how it does... It starts raining on on the previous chapter, and then at the end is like it starts snowing, <laughs> and that's right, right. Like it's like that's like one of four things that happens. In, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, chapter twelve, new alliances. So we're perspective is of Grindel, so at least one of the Forsaken. So that's yeah, it's nice. I guess know? yeah, we're mixing it up. Yeah, she is missing stuff from the Age of Legends. For one thing, a transcriber, which sounds kind of like a speech to text, but with magic instead of me yelling curse words at Siri. Uh, <laughs> no, I do not mean ducking. I never mean ducking. <laughs> Remove that from your idiot, you your dictionary, you idiot robot lady. I mean, it could be worse if you're like texting your boss about how you were ducking some difficult uh, problem <laughs> that you were having with i don't know right right yeah i could see how that could be a, that could that could come up yeah all right i i've never i've not to this point had to use the word ducking but um i suppose there's a chance and i wouldn't want it to guess wrong but uh, <laughs> maybe grindle thinks she does enjoy writing uh though it, it kind of makes her think of sketching so she seals a letter she wrote with the hand and sword of aradoman and hands it to some dude named nazran uh tells him to take it to lord itter all day and says only say what i told you he says, I received this from the Lady Tuva, who died of her wounds after telling me a gray man attacked her. Grendel says, make sure there is human blood on it. Then she picks up another gold ring, which is an angriel attuned to women she found among Samael's possessions. A gateway opens, and Grendel embraces the source through the angriel. Uh, Mogedian walks through, and another woman who she introduces as Sindane. Grendel thinks to herself that the name means last chance. She realizes that the girl is stronger in the one power than Grindel herself, which is a shock. She asks Mogedi and who she is, and Sindane answers. She told you my name. That's all you need to know. Did you know Samael is dead? Have you noticed <laughs> the weather lately? Full of questions and not a little pushy. <laughs> Have you noticed the weather lately? Which, in, in another context, would just be just a kind of pleasant small talk. Right, but... right, right. But she makes it sound all threatening and stuff. Right. Have you noticed the weather lately? <laughs> <laughs> right. So she says, I lead us, not you, Mog. Mogedian says, yeah, for now. Grendel says, who is Moradin? This man who calls himself Death. Sindane says, he is Nebulus. The great lord has decided that you should serve him too. So Mogedian channels and every light goes out. And Grendel throws compulsion over both of them. Starts to ask questions, but Mogedian practically begs her to do what they say. Then Shadar Haran shows up and introduces himself. When I speak, you may consider that you hear the voice of the great Lord of the Dark as his introduction. Kills two of Grendel's servants. She kneels in front of him and asks what he wants her to do. Should I call you Great Master or would you prefer another title? I would not feel comfortable addressing even the great Lord's hand as I would him. This earns a laugh that sounds like ice crumbling, which is a fun thought. <laughs> I just, I don't know, I, I, I picture the sound of, like, a pellet ice machine. Like, <laughs> just spitting ice out. Yeah. yeah and, like, <laughs> and, like, that would be such an odd thing to hear as a laugh. Right. Like, he throws yeah. his head back, and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, you see a doctor, man. <laughs> Might have something uh, going on with your larynx there, but... Yeah, for real. Shader Haran says, you are braver and wiser than most. Shader Haran will do as long as you remember who I am. 
Um, it gives commands starting with a visit to Moradin. So we switch to Catswain in a coach. Oh, yeah, Catswain. Uh, yeah. Dagan says the lingering heat was the Dark One's work, so the change must have been done by someone else, which is pretty good logic, I guess. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, Kumira says, show me proof instead of logic. What are we going to do about the sisters held by the Aiel? Catswain says they deserve what they get. They made a dog's dinner of things, and if they were in my hands, I might give them to the Aiel myself. Don't worry about them. Focus on what I told you to deal with instead. So the coach goes to the palace. They encounter three other Aes Sedai who want to know what Cad Sawin's up to. Uh, and she doesn't tell them. Lots happening here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. There's so much of this. It's like something could happen, but it's not going to. It's not going to. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Cad Sawin asks the serving lady to bring Alana to her. Alana is immediately petulant and defensive, says, I've told you everything. And even if I hadn't, I might not. He's mine. (laughs) Cad Sawin says, I've kept your crimes to myself. But if you think that means I won't core you like a cabbage, think again. Ouch. Yucky. Alana embraces the source and Katsuane doesn't, which I guess is a bit of a power move. Um, She says, if you wish to truly be, to be truly foolish, keep up, but I'm running out of patience. Alana gives up and says, he leaps about traveling all over the place. He was injured and then not. He's in the South, maybe Ilian or maybe even Tyr. He's full of rage, pain, and suspicion. Katsuane says, you will tell me everything. Alana says, "My place in my place, you would have done the same, which could be true. Yeah. Torelia shows up and gestures for Alana, who stalks out of the room. Karuna tries to ask some questions, but Torelia orders her out, too. Cadswain asks if he really thinks Karuna will learn the wise one's way of weaving Sidar, which is admittedly quite different. They don't do the hand motions, which is right. kind of interesting. That uh, I, I do hope that the TV show does something with this, you know, like... Right. Uh, that uh, just kind of that it makes me think of the the magician show. Uh, I mean, we've probably talked about this before. I love those books. The magicians is so good. Mm-hmm. TV show on sci-fi is utter garbage. I don't know if it was ever going to be a good show. I mean, sci-fi aside, it's um, I don't yeah. know if it's a good source material. But anyway, the the hand motions they do in that show when they're doing magic are so hokey. <laughs> so hokey and i definitely hope that's something that we avoid here well it goes to show you that you you look at you know people doing hand motions for magic and movies and tv show and you kind of take it for granted like oh yeah you just wave your hands around right right or whatever and 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 then you hear like oh they had a choreographer for elizabeth olsen and benedict cumberbatch right right, yeah that like had studied specific forms of dancing involving your you know fingers and different things like that to get those movements and you're like that seems like overkill but then you see something where it's like no thought (laughs) is put into it and then you realize oh actually there's a reason why they did that yeah (laughs) right but though watching any of them do that without the cg is really funny yeah it is (laughs) Yeah, it it very much is. I think I remember one thing where Elizabeth Olsen talked about how she she didn't even have a stunt double during Age of Ultron because she was she was never doing anything that required. She was standing there and like waving her arms. Yeah, waving her hands around. (laughs) And so I think she may have had one in other movies, but yeah, it's in one division. She flies around some and stuff. So, yeah, maybe. but I think that's really her every time. Um, yeah. From, yeah. I guess they, they, they did the wires little, and stuff. And they did the, um, the making of, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Bit, and it looked like that. Yeah. They had her on wires. The nice like, times that they 
I did that, but right, right. Anyway, yeah, that's something I've thought a lot about with this is you know how they will portray weaving, right? You know, because there's definitely some of some description of it, but they certainly have flexibility to right. Do it yeah, the way I they mean, do it, and I, it seems I, like it's a personal thing from one eye said exactly. eye to another. Yeah, they yeah. they kind of talk about how at, at one point they do talk about how the hand motions aren't strictly necessary. Right. But most Aes Sedai do some kind of hand motions. And they're saying, for example, if you're going to throw a fireball, it makes sense to you know oh, make, a, make a throwing motion, but that it's not actually necessary to do the weave. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it, it will be a little bit like, you know, what you what you see with uh, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, with, where you'll be able to see the them actually weaving something right. with their hands. Yeah, um, for sure. I, you know, some people may disagree. I, I saw something on a, some Wheel of Time forum where somebody said, I hope they don't do the cheesy hand movements that, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh, come on, man. I mean, like, I hope they don't do cheesy hand movements. Right. I hope I, they do cool hand movements. Just, right. like, just like Scarlet Witch. I mean. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they, the, they make an interesting note here. Cat Swain says that relearning the same weave a different way is really hard. Which, yeah. Which... Uh, kind of makes sense if you if you've done the hand motions your own way before that's why wilders apparently have trouble sometimes is they can't learn the i said i approved way of doing things as well right you've already learned your own way cerulea says alana is hard because we can't punish her without harming the car Karn. Kat Swain's like, no, that's not true. If you kill her, he will die, but otherwise he'll just be aware of what's happening and not feel it. And as far away as he is, it'll be vague at that. Cerulea says that Rand suspects everything. Kat Swain asks if Cerulea thinks a man must be strong or hard. Cerulea smiles slightly and says, men see the two as the same, but strong endures, hard shatters. Kat Swain says that he confuses the two and he's forgotten how to laugh and there is no tear. there are no tears in him. He must learn that even the dragon reborn is flesh, Cerulea says, that we have similar goals. So Cerulea embraces the source, and though she is weak in the power, she knows the flows and teaches Cat Swain how to weave a gateway. Cat Swain says, I have nothing to give that can compare, so Cerulea offers her a water oath. We are bound to teach Randall Thor laughter and tears. And they both sip water to seal the deal, I guess. This is a major theme moving forward for mm -hmm. the next several books. This idea of Rand seeing himself as needing to become hard and Cad Swain and, and to a lesser degree, Soralia both seeing the need to dissuade him mm -hmm. from that Return thought. Return him to his humanity and make him right. feel things. Right. Be his, be his, his magical therapist. Yep. <laughs> Feel your feelings, man. Yeah, right. And that brings us to the that end is. of this episode. So thank you once again for uh, joining us for another episode of our podcast. Um, if you have thoughts, questions, corrections, critiques, um, or just are like, hey, I really like this particular brand of cheese and I thought you guys might like it. Um, we're Please. open to all of that. All the cheeses. Yeah. Yes. You can always email us at stuff at tsmpodcast.com or just go to uh, our website and fill out our contact form you know if it's something that we think people will enjoy um well here's the thing anything but nigerian print scams we're gonna mention pretty much on our next show update i don't episode. know i might if, if it's funny i might want to even <laughs> read the nigerian print scam yeah probably yeah. not maybe i don't know um 
wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to go and give us a rating and a review. Share with your friends who are just getting into it and go on to YouTube and like us there. Again, if we end up with enough followers to get a vanity URL, we might do a live stream sometime soon. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, so thanks again, guys. I know this was a bit of a shorter episode. Like we've been saying, uh, we've been kind of busy lately, but in the near future, uh, we're going to be um, offering up a little bit of a longer episode at some point, maybe. Sure. And um, anyway, until next time, Tyshar Manethrin.